Welcome to I'll Remember That. Hi, my name is Drew Beebe, and this show is about the life advice that for whatever reason just sticks with you. Each episode, I'm going to share a piece of advice that someone taught me, but then we're going to reach back out to that person and pick it apart. So let's get into it. Today's advice is kind of niche. It's about storytelling, but like in the sense of filmmaking, media production kind of stuff. When you work on these kinds of projects, oftentimes you end up picking pre-made music to go along with them. For example, the theme song of this show. I didn't write that music, you know, I just picked it from a stock music catalog. So today's advice is about picking music for your story. Always be aware that a song can have baggage. Baggage means anything that your audience will associate with the music track, even if you didn't intend for them to make that association. This advice comes from one of the big influences on my career in media, my film studies professor at Connecticut College. His name is David Tetzlaff, and I haven't talked to Dave since basically I graduated in 2007. And he's not an easy guy to track down either. So, with a little internet detective help from Amanda Wallace, who is also a fellow Khan College alumni, we managed to track down the elusive professor and ask him about this advice that I've never forgotten. Well, thanks, Dave, for coming on the show. Well, thank you for inviting me, Drew. So, back when I think this was 201, film production 201, and... I was working on a film where there was a scene where this really cool guy is walking down the street and he's just, you know, he's just oozing cool left and right. And we wanted to convey that also with music. And so for the scene, we chose Billie Jean. Uh, and this was kind of before Michael Jackson had even, you know, become synonymous with all the sort of terrible things that he's known for now, but you gave us a, a warning for this project. You said, okay, you can use this track, you can use Billie Jean, but but you have to understand that when you use it, it brings baggage with it. And that when people watch your film, they're not only going to be thinking about your film, but they're going to be thinking about Michael Jackson. And you, you kind of can't escape that. And that was, that was really interesting advice. Can you explain this a little bit? Sure. There's kind of different layers to it. But I think the first thing to, to address is this is this idea of baggage. Meaning ultimately is in the mind of the reader. So whatever you may want something to convey, it's going to convey what it conveys. It's going to mean what it means to other people. And if you're not aware of that, then you kind of lose control of your own work. So I, I would say, if you're going to bring in the baggage, then you've got to open it and deal with it. Because if you don't, if, if you're not going to deal with it, you know, your audience is going to be dealing with it. So in the case of the having Billie Jean as a, as a track that just is, is got a, a good beat for a cool guy to bounce down the street to, I mean, at, at a very minimum, then you're comparing this guy to Michael Jackson. You're putting Michael Jackson in the in the minds of your viewers. And is that what you really want to do? When we talk about Michael Jackson, it 
it almost feels obvious. I don't think this advice is obvious, but Michael Jackson is so, so much baggage with this guy that that it's sort of hard to even imagine a scenario where you could play Michael Jackson music and have it not carry baggage with it. But I'm curious if if this also is something that happens in a more um, subtle way with, with people who sort of aren't maybe quite as uh, radioactive as Michael Jackson. Well, baggage isn't isn't always a isn't always a negative thing. Sometimes it's a positive thing, and it's a positive thing that isn't ideal because it's not yours, because it's because it's theirs. Ideally, you know, especially when you're a student and you're trying to learn your command of the medium, you want the key choices to be yours, and to be things that that you've thought through and that that where you said, okay, I want this effect. This is, this is what I want the audience to get out of this, and this is how I'm going to get it. And it's not just, you know, oh, man, you know, this song is so cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just drop in drop in the cool, the cool song. And I suppose I should note at this point that most of the things that I emphasized to my students during my teaching career were things that I screwed up one way or another <laughs> when I was a student. So it's not like if you go back to, uh, you know, the, the the student films I made that there's not, you know, there's not pop song soundtracks to them. So what what should we aspire to have music do in our storytelling, whether it's, you know, in a film or podcast or whatever? That's a very good. That's a very good question. Uh, to provide context, to give a little nudge in the right direction. You know, I, I often find music to be overbearing, to be overdramatic, to be to be pleading. I think the term is special pleading, right? Oh, please, 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 you know, please react this way. And, and this this goes back even to that whole question of using the great song for the for the soundtrack, whether it's whether it's because it's energetic or or because it's just the most incredibly sad thing. If it isn't in the pictures for cinema, then really, you know. And you're not using the media right. Can you explain that? Now you've asked me to unpack one of my own thoughts, and that that can be a little that can be a little difficult. <laughs> Filmmaking is a is a kind of tension between artifice and the illusion of the real. I mean, this this is like your 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 film theory one on one tension between uh, the the Byzantian realists on the one hand and the Eisensteinian expressionists on on the other hand. So uh, you know uh, you know Bezan's uh, ontology of the photographic image that, that its essence is its essence is that it seems to be real. He's not fool enough to claim that it is real, right? That, it, that that's the reality. But but that's what that's where its power comes from. Its power comes from its verisimilitude. Whereas for the Eisensteinians, the power is all about how you know how you how you can make these juxtapositions in editing and and use the medium expressively rather than just giving the impression of the real. But there's always that tension there, and, and this 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 does apply to to sound also. Conventional narrative filmmaking, especially, is about using your artifice to to make it have the impression of the real. So then, if there's an emotion to be derived from that, that comes from how you've presented the things that appear to be in front of the camera the things that are the things that are there i want to ask you one last question which is have you ever gotten a piece of advice that has stuck with you so as a theater major i took these stage directing classes and 
that was the thing in all of theater that I had a sort of natural ability at. But I was doing it by the seat of my pants. So after term one of directing, straight A's, and I was walking around like that guy in your video, Drew. I mean, I was like, I was, I'm so cool, you know? <laughs> and um, one of my big successes in the first directing class had been a kind of absurdist one act. So I was like, oh, absurdism. Yeah, I'm good at that. So there was a really short John Guar one act called A Day for Surprises. And it, it, it went up on the stage and the professor kind of was like, um, I don't know. And he kicked it over to the TA. But this guy basically, this TA said, what the f*** was that? What were you thinking? What was that about? And I couldn't answer him. Oh, uh, 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 absurdism? I, I thought it was cool. And he basically said to me, he says, if you're going to put something up on stage, you have to know what you're doing. You have to be in control. You're making these choices. And that stuck with me big time. Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I really appreciate your time and I appreciate you giving me the advice. Uh, for, for what it's worth, uh, you were a pleasure to have as a student. Great. Thank you. So what about you? Are you a Byzantine realist or an Eisensteinian expressionist? Or maybe you just got through college with a B minus average like me. Now, I'd like to read some of the advice that you submitted. This one comes from Janice, and it's advice for surviving New York City. Someone once told her that the trick is to just be crazier than they are. All right, now, as I mentioned last episode, I've decided to make this podcast a limited series of 10 episodes. And that leaves us with only one more episode. So thank you, really, for listening to this show. I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope you'll stick around for one last episode. 